welcome to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community, a podcast that features MSP space and interviews with members of the CompTIA Managed Services Community. Hi, this is Lisa Person, Community Director for the Managed Services Community. And today I am going to be talking to Christopher Tazi. The way I ran across Mr. Tazi, Christopher, is I was looking for information about blockchain and MSPs. And there is very little information out there right now, but I did find that Christopher had written two articles about it. Um, And that led me to reach out and have a couple of conversations, and that's where we are today, is recording this podcast to share with the managed services community. Um, Christopher, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Sure. So uh, I think that the article you found reflected my interest in covering emerging technologies. I've written for about the last 10 years um, about different things that were new (laughs) at the time that I was covering them, um, like cloud computing, um, open source, when open source started to become a big thing commercially. Um, and now I write a lot about blockchain. Um, I should mention that in my, my full-time job, I am a senior editor at Fixate.io, which is a technical writing and content marketing company. And uh, I also freelance on the side um, and cover a lot of blockchain stories in that context. Uh, so, yeah, so I spend a lot of time thinking about what developers do and uh, how the blockchain ecosystem is evolving and what it takes to support a blockchain application. And that's what led me to write a bit about MSPs and the blockchain. Wonderful. So let's start kind of at the, the basics. Can you share with us a layman's definition of blockchain? Well, sure. <laughs> I, I will share that definition with a caveat, I guess, that, you know, we could have a whole podcast series on how you actually define a blockchain. But I think that the easiest way to define it and the way that makes most sense in the context of talking about blockchain and MSPs is that a blockchain is basically a database. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, hype about blockchains and a lot of excitement at, about them. But at the end of the day, a blockchain is basically a database. But what makes a blockchain different from a conventional database is that instead of being hosted on a single server or hosted on a distributed network of servers that are controlled from a centralized place, like you would do with a traditional uh, database, a blockchain has its data hosted across a network of different computers or different nodes, and no single node has any more control over that data than any other node. Um, So there's no centralization, in other words. So I think that's my, my succinct definition of a blockchain. I think that I, I'm glossing over a lot of details. I mean, that definition might not fit necessarily if you're talking about like a permissioned enterprise blockchain of the type that you're seeing coming up um, in some enterprise context now. But by and large, I think that <laughs> that definition works at least at a basic level. Well, good. And that's definitely interesting. And being that no one node or place has more control, that's where this added level of security comes in, why blockchain is is receiving so much hype. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, yep, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, decentralization is really the most powerful feature of blockchains. 
Um, I think there's also a lot of misunderstanding out there about what blockchain helps you to do better and what it, you know, and as well as the, the new types of security risks that it creates. Um, you know, blockchains don't magically make your data secure um, against, uh, you know, hacking, um, for example, or other kinds of data manipulation or just you know, plain old data loss. I mean, these things can still occur on a blockchain, although in some respects the blockchain is more resistant to these types of threats than um, a traditional database. Um, but, I mean, that gets into, you know, we can, we can talk a bit more about this, I think we will, about how uh, MSPs need to be thinking about blockchains and the types of applications they might have to support in the future. Well, that is the perfect segue. And how, what impact will blockchain have on MSPs and on their business and their relationships with their clients? Well, I think to put it simply, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a blockchain, as I said, is basically just a database, and an application that interacts with the blockchain in some way is basically just a regular application, except the data is stored on a blockchain, or in some cases you might have a, what's called a distributed application or a DAP, uh, which means that the application itself is actually executed on the blockchain, it gets its compute resources from uh, the decentralized network of nodes, and this, I should note here, I mean, this is where my, my basic definition of a blockchain gets a little um, uh, lackluster or, or a little wanting, I guess, because you know, it's not just about data, it's, it's also about distributing other types of resources. Um, but to go back to the, the main point about how MSPs should be thinking about the blockchain, um, you know, at the end of the day, a blockchain application needs to be monitored and supported and updated just like any other type of application. And since MSPs, I mean, that's basically what they do. They maintain software. Um, they manage software and, and the infrastructure that hosts it. And I think they should be thinking about some of the unique challenges that arise when you're supporting or monitoring a blockchain application, whatever form that application takes. I had heard something, and maybe I'm coming way out of left field here, but there is a piece within blockchain that is called smart contracts. Is that something MSPs could ultimately start using with their SLAs, with their clients, and, 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 and as a tool themselves that they could use? So smart contract is interesting because it lets you execute an agreement automatically without requiring third-party oversight. So that agreement could say, for example, that if a certain condition is met, like somebody fulfills an order, then somebody else gets paid. Um, and that all, the payment happens automatically on the blockchain, and the blockchain can determine whether the order has actually been fulfilled, um, at least in theory, if you write your application in a way that, that gives you that level of visibility. Or when it comes to an SLA, a smart contract could do something like, say, um, if the MSP is successful in maintaining an agreed-upon level of availability, then the MSP will get paid, or if the availability, you know, is not a, not up to par, is not what the SLA specifies, then the MSP doesn't get paid. And again, what makes this so powerful is that the agreement is, is enforced automatically. Um, you know, the, the client wouldn't have to go to the MSP and say, you didn't maintain this level of availability, so I'm not going to pay you and then potentially get into you know, an ugly sort of legal confrontation where the MSP might say, well, I tried to maintain the level of availability, but I couldn't um, for whatever reason, and it's not my fault. Um, you know, theoretically, smart contracts eliminate that kind of messiness because 
the conditions are enforced, um, you know, again, automatically, and you don't have to rely on a third party to intervene and settle disputes. Um, I mean, I guess I should know too, that doesn't mean that, you know, the smart contracts can go awry in different ways. There's always the possibility that you'll have an outcome that somebody didn't anticipate. And I think that that's one example of why, you know, it, it's important to kind of take a sobering view of blockchain technology and think about, you know, all the problems that can arise with it. it it's certainly revolutionary, but, um, you know, to use it successfully, you need to think about what could go wrong and how to manage those problems. Um, that's the sort of thing MSPs should be doing too, if they're, think, you know, if, if their job is to support smart contracts, um, because they might have to deal with what happens when you have a smart contract that wasn't programmed to anticipate a certain event, um, and you know you get a <laughs> you get an outcome that nobody thought about. What do you do? Uh, that might be an MSP's problem to solve. So some of the challenges with a smart contract would be how would you program in for the human error or human element? For example, a client employee clicks on something that has gotten through and then now the network is infected and it brings it down or you get attacked with ransomware um, in spite of all of the MSP's training, guidance, um, you know, all of those other things that no matter what preventative piece the MSP's could go, it, would there be a way to account for that in a smart contract? Do you have any idea? I mean, sure, if you think about the problem ahead of time, I know there are some researchers working on this, you know, thinking about what you actually do <laughs> to, to try to handle unanticipated outcomes. I mean, in a way, it's an old problem because whenever you write an application, um, you know, you, you should design it in a way that if something happens to the application that you didn't anticipate that, you know, it doesn't crash your computer or whatever. That's why you have exception handling, for example. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I guess the, the broader point here is, you know, I mean, you, you could you could talk for a long time about the nuances of smart contracts and how to deal with that particular problem. That's probably more interesting to developers than MSPs. Um, but I think that this is an example of, you know, why MSPs should familiarize themselves with the, the particular challenges that can arise when you're trying to manage software that runs on the blockchain or that interacts with the blockchain in some kind of way, because you have these new challenges that, you know, you probably haven't thought about. Um, and I mean, that frankly, there's just not a lot of press about them because again, everybody's super excited about the blockchain. And I don't think there's been a lot of discussion so far about, um, you know, kind of the sobering realities of, you know, how do you actually make stuff work and perform at a certain level, um, you know, once you're once you're looking beyond the hype and actually using this in an everyday setting. Well, and one of the questions I would was going to ask you is why isn't anyone else talking about you know MSPs and the M impact of blockchain on MSPs? Um, are, are there any additional points you wanted to add to that? It sounds like because we're still in that early adoption hype cycle, um, we haven't looked beyond the rosy glow, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, that that's most of it. Um, I think blockchain is in the same place right now that cloud computing was, you know, about a decade ago when everybody became super excited about the cloud and how it would solve all of our scalability problems and potentially availability problems and, you know, make computing cheaper, et cetera, et cetera. And that was great. And everybody was in a rush to move workloads to the cloud. And there was less discussion at that point about, you know, how do you actually monitor 
workloads that are running in the cloud? How do you deal with the compliance issues that arise when you move data to somebody else's cloud infrastructure? You know, how do you deal with the, the new kinds of security issues that can arise when your workloads are hosted on the cloud and you, you can't build in the same sort of safeguards that you could if they're behind your, your firewall on your own network and your own infrastructure? Um, I mean, those are all problems that are eminently solvable, and most of them, I think, have been solved in the case of the cloud. But I think we're just, again, at the same point now with the blockchain where folks are much more excited about the political and economic potential of blockchain technology, and there's been less discussion about, you know, the kind of the technical side of things and how you actually deploy blockchain technology in an everyday setting. Um, I do think that, that you know, that, that's changing a bit. I mean, there are some real-world examples of enterprises actually starting to use the blockchain and of course, there's a host of blockchain startups too. Uh, I mean, many of which famously fail. Um, I don't know what the numbers are right now, but <laughs> you can you can look these things up. Um, you know, there I think there's a GitHub um, list of uh, you know it's called blockchain graveyard or something about how many blockchain startups have failed in the last two years, um, and it's it's surprising. I mean, the vast majority of them fail. Um, but I mean, the point is, some people are starting to use this technology in a production setting. I think that for now it's mostly enterprises and those enterprises have internal teams that are managing the software and managing the infrastructure themselves. Um, but eventually you'll see this trickle down, I think, into smaller and medium-sized businesses and that's when it's going to start mattering for MSPs um, because you might have you know, I mean, a, a small company that deploys an app or an app that runs on the blockchain in some way. Maybe the app uses a smart contract to process payments. Um, maybe you know, the company stores its data on the blockchain for reliability purposes and the app has to access data on the blockchain. But you want to make sure that the app performs at a certain level, which could be a problem because, for example, um, certain public blockchains are notoriously slow when it comes to processing data. Um, and you know, so that, that creates a potential performance bottleneck where if you're managing that software, you need to be aware of that type of risk and you know, have tools in place for monitoring it and responding to it if it becomes an issue. So this is a little bit of a segue on the topic, but when you mentioned the um, speed and the bandwidth for some of these on blockchain, do you anticipate that 5G will actually solve any of those problems? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, because I think that the uh, you know, when I'm talking about speed problems with blockchain, the, the, the biggest problem right now is that um, most blockchains were not designed, or I shouldn't say most blockchains, the big public blockchains like Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are the two largest public blockchains that anyone can join, anyone can store data on them right now, um, they're notoriously slow in processing data. So Ethereum, for example, I, I think, you know, don't quote me on this number officially, but I think right now Ethereum can do about 14 transactions per second which is not really a lot when you have potentially millions of people who are trying to run applications that are writing or reading data from the Ethereum blockchain all at the same time. <laughs> you know, millions of people can't get by with only 14 transactions per second. And there are ways around this problem. I mean, you can pay more to get faster transactions. There are blockchain, you can you know, use the permission blockchain, which allows you to avoid a lot of these issues. Um, Although, you know, there, there, there are disadvantages to doing that, too, in certain ways. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the broader point here is that there are workarounds. 
Um, but that's the sort of unique problem that arises when you're supporting a blockchain application. It's not lack of network bandwidth. Um, it's the architecture of the blockchain itself has these throughput limitations. And, you know, if your application needs to wait five hours to write data to the blockchain, that might create unacceptable levels of performance because the, the application can't do its job in a timely fashion. Um, so that's the sort of thing that an MSP who's supporting that application would need to be aware of. Um, and probably something that you wouldn't think about because conventional databases don't have this problem. I mean, any conventional database can write, you know, typically hundreds or, or thousands of transactions per second um, to localized infrastructure. It's usually not an issue. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you want to be thinking about that if you're an MSP and you get to the point where you're supporting a blockchain application. In five years, what would you say would be the one biggest benefit the blockchain has brought to the world of technology? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, I mean, I think in a way, scalability is a big advantage um, because once you solve these problems related to, to transaction speed, which is a kind of specific problem, um, I mean, blockchains are very scalable in other ways. It's just the, the transaction delays that create a, a unique scalability challenge. And again, there are ways to overcome that. I think that that problem will probably disappear in the next few years. I don't think it's a lingering issue. Um, it's just it's a problem now because people didn't think about it back when they were designing the first blockchains a while ago and the, the networks were very small and this wasn't an issue. Um, so the ability to scale, you know, even more than you could with a, a, a public cloud, I think, is a big deal here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe scalability. I mean, I'd also mention decentralization. Um, as I said, I think that's the most powerful selling point of the blockchain. Um, it's the fact that nobody owns the data, and that allows you to you know, do things that you couldn't do. You just couldn't achieve with a centralized architecture. And, I, again, that's why people are so excited about the blockchain. So I guess this is a way of saying that I think that what's making people so excited about the blockchain today, which is decentralization and the idea that you know, power can be restored to users themselves without having to depend on third parties to protect their interests, that's, that's why people are so excited politically and economically about the blockchain. And I think that this will hold true in the future. I think this is what will ultimately make the blockchain so powerful, um, you know, even from a technological perspective, because you can build solutions that you just can't build um, using a centralized architecture. Well, fantastic. That's awesome. And if you had one last piece of advice for MSPs about blockchain, what would that be today? Uh, just to study it, think about it. I, I mean, again, I don't think that MSPs are going to be asked to support blockchain apps starting you know, tomorrow. Um, I think it's a ways away. It's probably years away um, before you start to see the type of company that would hire an MSP to help with its software and, and IT needs uh, deploying a blockchain app. But I think that it will come. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of these problems I've talked about are not problems that you can really solve on the fly. They're problems that an MSP would want to be thinking about ahead of time. Um, you know, like, like the performance problem I mentioned, the transaction processing delay problem. Um, that's not the type of problem that you can just detect with an application once it's deployed and, and solve it in an easy way. Um, with a traditional application, you probably could solve that problem by, you know, scaling up the amount of bandwidth or, you know, storage resources or whatever whatever is causing the bottleneck, you could you could solve the problem by adding more resources to the infrastructure. 
But on a blockchain, you can't necessarily because you don't control the infrastructure. I mean, again, that's what makes the blockchain so powerful. Nobody controls the infrastructure or no single party controls it. But that also means that when the infrastructure is causing software performance delays, like slow throughput in your application, um, you can't solve that problem simply by changing the infrastructure. So you have to solve that problem by anticipating it and maybe designing your application in a way that will allow it to perform um, in an acceptable manner without, you know, even if the blockchain becomes very slow um, with transaction processing, or you use a different type of blockchain, or, I mean, at least my point is you have to have some kind of plan in place. Um, you should be thinking about this stuff uh, long before you actually deploy the application. And that's why I think it's worth now you know, starting to look into the unique monitoring management and performance challenges that arise with blockchain-based software, uh, because you're not going to have to deal with them very soon, but sooner or later you might. Okay. Well, and that's one of the goals of the managed services community um, and the executive council is to, you know, kind of shine that headlight out into the darkness and say what's coming and what do you need to be aware of and how do we start um, kind of not future-proofing, but certainly being prepared for what is coming in the future. So I really appreciate all of your time today, Christopher, and thank you for sharing your expertise. And I look forward to seeing and hearing more from you. And um, for our listening audience out there, CompTIA does have um, some research around blockchain as well as our public sector councils and our advocacy team have created CompTIA's Practical Guide for the Public Sector, Harnessing the Blockchain Revolution. So certainly feel free to take a look at those um, and, and get some ideas about what's happening. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that when leveraged result in measurable impact helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community. You can find more episodes and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. <laughs>